What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome. It's Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That's John. And if you're watching this on YouTube, it's great. Glad to have you on the tube. Like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That helps the channel grow. The more you like it, the more people see it, the more people we get. And that makes you a sponsor of the show. If you're listening to the podcast, awesome. Thank you. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps as well. And if you're doing the one thing and you want to watch or listen to the other thing, the links are down in the description for the other thing. Got to, I got to still work on this lighting in here, but it's a work okay. in progress. We are brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. That was John. We are brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Uh, it's the way to go. Uh, do you have a vodka tonic or a vodka water? To, to give a toast? Yeah. Do you want to give a toast to anybody today? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I, I don't have a current... Uh, uh, I got a toast. I knew you would. How about a guy who was essentially fired by the analytical elites, takes a year off, takes a deep breath, then goes, yeah, I'll just go to this place that has a bunch of money and I'll be your manager. Within less than a calendar year, they are one game away from the ALCS. They would have two back-to-back. I mean, do you count the uh, whatever that first round thing is as a playoff series victory? Yeah, I do. So this would be his second. He'd have two <laughs> playoff Series victories in like a week. And everyone was shitting on the guy for having a few cocktails after they clinched a playoff spot. This man has a bullpen that has like Haberman, Middlecoff, and three other Joe Schmoes off the street. Cheers to Bochi, who we know loves a good drink. Uh, Boch, go fucking get him. I, I would love. I'm rooting for him, man. I'm rooting for Bochi, Phillies. That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, Phillies are at the top of the list for me right now. Because that place is just, the more they play in the postseason, the better it is. You know, John, since you said that, uh, my Tito's is to Bryce Harper. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, Everybody loves to prove people wrong. I was thinking about it watching the game yesterday, the Niner game. At no point in in Brock Purdy's young career has there been one of those, well, Mike, I talked to Brock today. He told me he'll never forget the 17-team quarterbacks drafted ahead of him. In fact, he still holds a grudge against the Niners for passing on him 
seven times. Not once. And I was just like, you know, if that's your thing, that's cool. That's Brady's thing. But I appreciate, I do appreciate Brock. He's out to prove people right. Not doing the like, nobody believed in me, chip on the shoulder thing. And Bryce Harper, to leave high school early, to go to junior college in Southern Nevada, to be SI cover boy back when that was like the most famous thing that could happen to a sports athlete, and fucking deliver. He is the greatest superstar in the sport since Ken Griffey Jr., um, you might say, well, Shohei's different just in terms of the total package of superstar star. He was LeBron. He was LeBron since high school. LeBron. They, they were the same, both of them. <laughs> and I was having this debate the other day with with a buddy like, well, what about Shohei? What about Trout? You can make the case. But in terms of full everything, postseason greatness, plays his ass off, like wants to, you know, kind of embrace the city, just everything you'd want if you're an owner. Give me Bryce Harper. So Tito's to Bryce. Uh, biggest biggest star in the game that has been starved for stars since Ken Griffey Jr. They they, um, they play tonight, right? The two I think the NL teams play. If you're right? if you're watching this, if you're checking it on this Monday, yeah, podcast on this will be out Tuesday. But Tito's handmade vodka, simple, smooth, every sip easy to the last drop. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff. Like this podcast, just Tito's. For recipes, check out Tito'sVodka.com. Halloween is coming. They're going to have some good ones. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. There's nothing like an elite prospect. And, you know, in football, I think it's in a weird way easier to do it at other positions, non-quarterback. Like, ultimately, it's easier to become Trent Williams or Nick Bosa than it is Patrick Mahomes or John Elway or Andrew Luck, right? In my belief, Miles Garrett. Like, for the most part, it's like, yeah, this guy's got a chance to be elite, and everyone universally agrees at another position. He tends to be pretty good. I'm not saying it's always. Like, Joey Bosa's pretty damn good. When Joey Bosa's on the field, he dominates. Cleo Mack, even Clowney. It's like, you know, he could play a little harder, but he's going to have a 12-year career, probably underachieved a little bit. But by no means, if he was the equivalent of a quarterback, he'd still have been fine, been more than functional. Uh, Zach-ish? Yeah, he would. He'd kind of be a... go back and forth between like have better games than Dak, worse games than Dak. Yeah. But if Bryce Harper was an NBA player, like he'd be a champion, right? He'd just be Giannis or Jokic or Steph. Like that's but at baseball, he's he's been lucky, right? I mean he went to the Nationals who built up a really good team and he's gone yeah. to the Phillies who built up a really good team. But if like one star can influence it in basketball, he would be a top five, you know, a guy that's just winning all the top guys in the NBA are champions right now. In football, he would be one of the top three or four quarterbacks. My buddies, you know, all my guys that work for the Eagles, or a couple of them that are from Philly, they fucking love the guy. I mean, he is a rock star. Yeah. Like Purdy will be. Like Purdy will be. Russillo had a good line today. I don't know if you heard it. He said, uh, he's like, Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins was an NBA player, he'd be a Hall of Famer. (laughs) I was like, fuck, he's right. Just because the statistical... You know, every year he's putting up these numbers. He's top five statistically. Right now he's number one in the NFL, depending on which category you look at. Yeah, he'd be like Dame Lillard. You know, Fields has more touchdowns than Mahomes right now, passing. Back to back four he, touchdown games. I mean, eight and two, eight and four days. Yeah, pretty impressive. Lot. I'll give him credit. A lot of mental toughness. I thought the last couple of weeks when everyone was writing the guy off, he didn't tap out. There is. He's definitely not a write-off. 
you know, it's hard. Some of those plays on Thursday night, throwing hitches, DJ Moore kind of looks like Debo, you know, making – he was on pace at one point in time in that game for like 700 yards. But I, I give a lot of credit to Fields for not mentally kind of going in the tank. As you see, I think Mac Jones is a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that was that. Was, not that we were going to talk about this, but you see that Orlovsky said Mac Jones would be doing the same things or Rex, one of them. I didn't. I didn't actually watch the video. I just retweeted it with a comment uh, that Mac would be doing the same things on the 49ers. and uh, we already had that conversation last week. We don't need to delve. He'd be doing the same thing as Brock Purdy. Yeah, that if he were on the Niners, he would be Brock Purdy. Which he's just not. He's just not as good of a player as Brock Purdy. Not as good and a player I, and not as good of a like leadership quality, XYZ, fit in. Fred Warner doesn't have time for... Now, if you're winning, maybe you're screaming at people less or whatever, but... You know that Saban essentially chose... I, I don't know if it was player for oh, player. Rex said no. Okay. I didn't watch... Like I said, Orlovsky said it. Rex disagreed. I would agree with Rex. I, I don't know if they were the exact same class. Right? Max now been... This is his third year. This is Brock's second year. Brock was a four-year player, and I'd have to do the math. But Brock wanted to go to Alabama, and I'm, I mean, the story's been told. I think either went to a camp or definitely went on, like, an unofficial visit, and Saban wouldn't offer him a scholarship. Yeah. Right? So he chose, essentially, Mac over Brock, right? Because they would have been give, give or take a year apart. And I, I think you've been saying this. Everyone's been saying this. Once you get to a certain point, Right, the draft status is completely irrelevant. It, it does not matter when you become an elite player. You know, it's like, well, Nick Bosa was well worth the number two pick, or Miles Garrett, Justin Jefferson should have, you know, should have gone like where Jamar Chase went. But we are at a point now where I do think he has been consistently undervalued because he easily just watch SEC football. Brock Purdy could start in the SEC when he was in college, right? And clearly, you look at his sample size in the NFL, he was misevaluated in the NFL draft. Well, here's a piece of news. Tell me if this is breaking news. I think it might be breaking news. I flipped on London Papa today, and they had Tariko on. And Mike? Yeah, Mike Tariko. And Mike, Greg, Greg said he... Sorry, Tariko, I know. I was fucking with you. <laughs> uh, Tariko went on with London Papa, and he said that the Niners said that they had a fourth-round grade on Brock but they couldn't draft him. You couldn't draft a quarterback that high because they had just tra- drafted Trey very high. And Greg goes, I did not know that. So it was news to Greg. I Because I, it was one of those things I heard, and my reaction was, is this – I think this is new information, but I'm not sure if it's new information. But I think it's new information. The Niners told Tariko they had a fourth-round grade on Brock. Do you think because it would have sent ripple effects if they would have pulled the trigger in the fourth round taking a quarterback? I mean – if you know he becomes this, you would take him, right? You don't know that, obviously. No, no, no. no. But just but, based on that draft day, they go, this would be pretty controversial. It would be, especially when you consider they – yes, it would be. It would be controversial. I also think, historically, good franchises don't give a fuck, and they just draft quarterbacks in the fourth round if they like the guy because you have a young quarterback. You, so, yeah, like, I think you could defend it. but Tough, tough, tough spot, I think, with the unknown with Trey to kind of rattle his confidence a little bit. I, I do think it's fair to a fourth round pick. I think you can pull the trigger in the six and no one thinks much of it. You go, hey, he was the best quarterback. We need a backup quarterback. Jimmy's gone. Not that weird. I, I think the fourth they ended up drafting a starting offensive they drafted Burford with that fourth round pick they had. So who starts? Who starts? And they also no maybe law, they knew, splits time. They also well, yeah. 
He no longer does. No longer. They also knew correctly, right, that no one was taking him in the fifth, so they didn't have to take him in the fourth. But that's... here's here. You want to give my educated guess? The 49ers don't... Their offensive coordinator is head coach, so I would imagine Tariko and those guys meet with Kyle, Wilkes, and then some players. Right? They don't also meet with the Kubiak combination of the offensive coordinators, correct? You usually do not. Now, you might go out to practice. For these shows, they're pretty big. Maybe they request. You generally, yeah, it's coordinators, head coach, and players. But maybe so Kyle, the- because Kyle comes in, maybe they brought in um, Greasy as well. Okay, so they're sitting there. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my educated guess is going to be Kyle's there. And they're talking, and he's known Mike. Mike's called how many games back in the day with his dad. I mean, they, I'm sure, have a very good relationship, right? Just know each other, feel yeah, comfortable. Yeah. Chris. Uh, call Chris in there, you know, kind of. They're just talking ball, Kyle's. And you're at the point now where you go, listen, we're not totally shocked. Don't act like yeah. we didn't see this coming. We didn't have a second round grade on the guy, but we liked him a lot. We had a fourth. And in all my years here of drafting quarterbacks, that's he was one of the guys that we liked the most that we realistically could have gotten in the six, seven years that I've been running drafts here. Greasy loved him. He convinced me, he showed me him. I fell in love. And as you guys see, the whole city and team loves him. Slowick liked him. That was the other one. Well, one thing Tariko said, maybe they did talk to Greasy. They talked to John Lynch as well. Greasy, like, I, it's it's not arguable. Greasy loved him. Yeah, right. And well, one of the things he said was Greasy. You know, and this is not this part's not new information necessarily, but Greasy had called one of his games in college as well. So Greasy had seen him at Iowa State. I think he said Iowa State, Iowa. Greasy didn't call like little games. Greasy called big college football games. So well, a couple years. I mean. Uh, his junior and senior year, that potentially is two top 25 teams, right? It could be 16 versus 21. That'd be a good matchup on TV yeah. in terms of the numbers next to the, the school names. You, you've you always, from your day scouting with the Eagles, like, <laughs> used to joke, like, you know, a player gets good, guys will want to go in and change the grade in the computer on them. But wasn't there a story about a guy who was, like, changing gra- his old grades? But my point is, like, could you lie about a lot this? Of, a lot of people do that. Could you lie about this, right? Because people are like, oh, now you say that to make yourself look good. They already look good, right? I don't know that they really have much incentive. Other than I think if you're saying it to Mike, I think you're probably not trying to make the point that you look good. I think you're making the point. My guess would be, since we're guessing here, that you tell him that to make the point, understanding that part of why people are, are slow to warm on Brock maybe is because he's a seventh-round pick. And you're saying like, look, if we had drafted him in the fourth round, people would be would be quicker to accept that maybe he is this good. Well, we think he was a fourth round draft quality player. By the way, I was looking through old emails for something, and I found a Middlecoff email from like 2000 and whatever year, 12. I, I, I emailed you and like, hey, what do you think of Derek? And you're like, you know, got the skills. I'd put him right. It was like before the season. Like I got him early third round. Went and now you're my anonymous scout. I two 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 things on Purdy. I think Radio the question would be Fresno will remember that piece of news. Two 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 rough loss by the dogs. Uh, they were never running. The, they, they were never running the table. Tough, Tough place. place. Wyoming might be actually pretty good. They might be in the field. Did, did the team? Did the team 
the 49ers draft board have Brock Purdy in the fourth round? Or did Greasy and Kyle on their own boards, Kyle, obviously his board, what he has in his own head would ultimately be the only thing that mattered because at any moment he could say, we're drafting that guy. Yeah. But if Greasy told Tariko, which I would imagine they definitely know each other, right? <laughs> that it goes, hey, I had a fourth round grade on him is a lot different than the franchise had a fourth round grade That's on him. That's true. And I also think this, the changing the draft grade, I think most franchises, I would venture to say every single franchise in 2023 now, at some date, either December 15th, January 7th, after, maybe after the BCS games, it locks your grade in. Now, you can change a grade, Updated. but you have to put in a separate, yeah. uh, basically, write-up. Right. Of, hey, I used to, I had a third-round grade on the guy, and every uh, system is different. Some have those 6.6 or whatever the hell those equate to, that it's easier just to talk about it to a random guy about, had a third-round grade on the guy after watching the BCS game, the All-Star Grant game, and really getting to talk to him, I would feel very comfortable taking a guy like this somewhere between pick 30 and 40 instead of in the 70s. That's his value. And I think he's the type of guy that only goes up. And that's part of the process, too, of, listen, we think this guy's a third-round grade, but you have to understand where he's going to go. And I think Brock's a good example. After his junior year, he was viewed as an incredible player. Had taken Iowa State to the best season in the program history. Became first-team All-Big 12, which is a quarterback conference, right? It's an mm -hmm. offensive conference, so that's right. very impressive. Made Dan Campbell an NFL candidate. Not then returned uh, Matt, Matt Campbell and then re then returned to school and didn't have as good of a year missing from what I've been told several offensive skill guys and they basically just became they tried to manipulate it because they were, they didn't have the wide receivers but they had some tight ends so they were doing a lot of like two and three tight ends with Brock and Brees but it was pretty clear that they were kind of a one man band with the running back they did not have the wide receivers who had just been drafted. So I think you look back when you watch him play, his innate feel for the position is this guy's just a pretty natural. Now I don't know if he if he looked like that. Maybe Matt Campbell would say, "Hey, when he first got here, he was he he improved dramatically from that freshman year to the end of his sophomore year. He became a really good player." I don't know exactly the growth, right? Uh, but clearly the reps he had. I'd say one major difference if we're just comparing him to Trey Lance. Reps, 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 reps. High school player of the year. This isn't Texas, California, or Florida, but I would say Arizona high school football is pretty fruitful with a lot of big-time recruits, and he was player of the year, and he has that picture next to Patrick Peterson. That's not nothing. No. <laughs> That's not nothing. And several-year starter in high school, four-year starter in college, immediately gets a start as a rookie. I mean, we're going to look in a couple years, as long as he stays healthy, he's just – the amount of football the kid's going to have played by the time he's 25 is is going to be a lot. <laughs> how about John, how about this offseason not healthy? Misses so much time this offseason. When he comes back, he can't practice every day. It wasn't that long ago he was skipping practices. Now, it, part of it was maintenance, but then there was the well, he wasn't he's supposed to be back, but why is he throwing less today? So he did not have the, you know, the cliche is you take your biggest jump from year 1 to year 2. I, I don't know if anyone's actually done the study to find out if that's true. I, I actually, thinking about it, doubt that it's true. I it think what? you're... What's that? 
that the biggest jumps year one to year two? Yeah, I just think about like all the things that I've done in my life for an extended period of time. For me, it's usually like year three, year four, where you really feel like you're kind of getting into the zone, um, which I guess is a different thing. But my, what I'm saying is Brock, for all his reps, didn't really get that many reps this offseason. And yet he's come back just as you know better than he was last year. The, the difference is, as in your example, as a rookie, let's say I'm Aaron Banks. Just pick some second, third round rookie. You are the moment your season ends, and if you're playing at a place like Notre Dame or Bama or Georgia or whatever, you're playing into January. And then if you're an underclassman, you don't have all-star games, but you immediately go train. If you're a senior, you are more than likely going to the East-West game or the Senior Bowl. Then within a couple weeks, you're going to the Combine. Then in, then in a couple weeks, you got your pro day slash flying to teams, teams flying to you. You're not actually training. And then you get to practice. You're exhausted, but you got to start like rookie minicamp. You got to start learning the playbook. You don't really get to acclimate like you do if you are just Debo Samuel. Hey, Debo, you just need to focus on football, get in shape. What did he do offseason? Just grinded, got ready for the OTAs, spends all summer, already knows the playbook. So I, I do think there is a level of comfort with knowing what you're going to be asked to do and getting all the time you need to spend on that without having to fly here, fly there, waste right. a bunch of time in transit. 99% of them, you're not going to go to those places. You're not going to need to learn what they're telling you to learn. Remember, a lot of these coaches say, hey, we give these guys a little playbook, see how much they can retain. But you don't go to half the places you go visit. Hell, you don't go to all the places you go visit besides maybe one. Sometimes you don't even visit the place that picks you. So I would imagine for Purdy, the mental reps of knowing, clearly he's a mental guy because think how prepared he was last year without having any on-the-field reps in the games before he got to play. Yeah, And I would imagine the amount of practice he got you know in training camp and even those first couple weeks before the injury came and he became the backup quarterback was pretty small before Jimmy started and then he became the scout team guy I wonder what his role was at practice once kind of training camp ended till the middle of September was he just kind of standing there watching a lot while Trey was doing scout team stuff and he because he probably wasn't getting many reps right or excuse me he was getting reps and Jimmy was running the scout team because Trey was the starter, which is crazy to even think about. Garopp- You're saying Garoppolo was running the scout team? I'm saying when they re-signed Jimmy to be the backup, yeah, and they cut what's-his-name, he was the third-string quarterback, but as Kyle said, our third-string quarterback doesn't really do anything. Yeah, it was four throws. So keeping Trey as their third-string quarterback, one, they never were going to do that, and two, he's like, I don't know how McCarthy does it, but here he'd just be looking at butterflies flying around. Which uh, makes sense, because if I only got two reps for quarterbacks, you're going to want your backup quarterback, even if he's not running your offense, to be playing football. Right, right, right. And then he just treats his starting quarterback like the Colts used to with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. You just get all the reps. Yep. Unlimited. Yep. Which seems to be working. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, 
pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, take a listen to Nick Posa Sunday after the uh, 49ers went over the Cowboys. Incredibly confident in our offense. And for uh, for our D linemen to get pulled, and I think the five minutes left in the third quarter is against a team like that shows that we're kind of on a different level this year. What do you attribute that to? Why do you think this season has started off such consistently through five games? I think just the way we've built this team. Um, we've had uh, aspects since we've been here where we haven't been as strong. And the way John and Kyle have built the team um, with um, offensively, with with uh, they, could, they could attack in any way. You got Ayuk who could go deep. You got Debo. You got Christian. You got George. There's really no weakness, and then Brock is uh, playing as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Quickly, before we dive into the, con- <laughs> the content of his, uh, the substance of what he was talking uh-huh. about, is that your classic rich guy shirt that costs $1,200, or is that just a shirt that me and you might have in our closet? I don't, I mean, I guess it could be. Based on the cut, it's hard to tell. 
right? If it's the rich guy, it's probably going to be like super long or like you get some weird feature to it. Hard to tell. Um, I mean, you didn't get it from Target. It might be the cheap shirt they have at Saks or where I have no idea where these guys shop. But um, you think Bosa shops at Saks? I don't. What do you think he does? Just buy stuff off Instagram? I think that's what a lot of dudes it, it, do. Is well, just it, click on shit on Instagram. So it could be just yeah, like if, it, if you told me he gets that shirt from a place that he likes, where he lives in Florida, that he gets five of those, you know, for three hundred bucks or something. I, 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 I would ta- if I had to take an educated guess, I would say it's much more of a normal person shirt than a rich guy shirt. Could be. The seams go past well past the shoulder up here which makes me think that there's a little kind of designer element to it. Like most normal shirts are kind of cut in a normal way. This one's got a little little flavor to it, but I mean, he's wearing his backpack with padded, you know, yeah, it's, you're probably right. I don't know, but I could, I could, I could listen to both to talk. Nick, Nick, for, for all the guys we make fun of receding and thinning, he's got a thick head of hair there. Great. <laughs> he is. He's, he's woolly. The beard too, yeah, lot lot of testosterone pumping right there. Is that is that what it is? I, a lot of people in the comments. Rich guy tees always have weird ass colors. Yeah, it's probably if you told me it's a five hundred dollar t shirt, I guess it's very plausible. <laughs> um, what do you think? He said they have no weaknesses, but you know when you when he says it, he's not trying to make any crazy statement. When you watch them right now, you go, what 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 is the weakness? What's the weakness? Well, the question would be their defense, or excuse me, their offense playing a high-end defense. They just did, and they eviscerated them. Yeah. Because we know their defense has proven it for now years. We know their defense is really good. Relative, you know, it's not the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or whatever, but it's pretty damn good. And relative to the 2023 NFL, it's it's championship level. So to me, you can give up a touchdown here and there or whatever. But under no circumstances, or excuse me, I, I understood where people, let's see them play some real teams on defense and see how Purdy looks in 2023. Well, we just saw it. Him and Kyle eviscerated those guys. Dan Quinn makes, I, I would guess him and Fangio, highest paid defensive coordinators in the league that, that aren't a head coach calling the defense. And they fucking destroyed him. They destroyed him. Absolutely destroyed them. I mean, that, that was, I've really spent a lot of time thinking. I remember getting in bed last night on Sunday night and thinking, I looked at Maria, that's ins- the Niners just blew out the Cowboys. Bo- Sam Darnold came in. Honestly, you could have brought him in a series earlier. Like Nick said, we're, we started yanking guys. Maria was like, it was crazy. Tell, me, tell me more, John. Talk to me about the Niners Cowboys. <laughs> uh, she, she likes the Niners. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Dak, did you hear what Dak said after the game? He said, you know, I thought losing to the Cardinals was humbling. This is the most humbling loss of my career. Now, you have to be beat pretty badly if a good team humbles you more than a bad team beating your ass. I think part of it, and he mentioned this, I really liked our plan. I felt really good about coming in. So when you think about it, when you spend all week, and for those that – not that I've ever played in the NFL, but I've seen a preparation week. I would guess the high-end teams, a team that's been to the playoffs, feel better and worse about certain things. And once you're an experienced guy like Dak, you know, I, I like the way we can exploit them. We think mm-hmm. this, this, and this. We can take advantage of X, Y, and Z. 
which at the highest level is it's very you know the difference of success and failure is probably very very uh very very small and he looked shell-shocked i that to me that was the thing that i saw in his face beside the words coming out of his mouth that what the fuck we thought we were better than last year because that was what we have just seen the last two years which were close games Right, I mean, the, the the gap was nowhere near what we witnessed last night. That's right. That that was that was crazy, man. I, I mean, wonder think if about just a couple weeks ago, they, the Rams game didn't look like that. The no. Giants' first half didn't look like that. It was pretty clear by once you got more and more drives, the, the separation between the two teams. Well, if you're thinking about you're them, you're like, we didn't bring our best against the Cardinals. We were down three offensive linemen. Those guys are back. That won't happen to us again. They got smacked again. Right, and I wonder if it's the first time he thought like maybe we can't win the championship. One issue they have against the 49ers, honestly, Arizona plays pretty fast on defense. They at least fly around and try. Tony Pollard, if you watch him against random teams, is really good. He's fast player in space. You can throw him wheel routes. He was they, good they against the Niners last year before he got hurt in the playoffs. He, he, he was. It was much more difficult for them to go laterally with him because they want him to get lateral and then get vertical because you get him in space, he's faster. Well, 54 and 57 are going to play like Ray Lewis and Luke Keekley in their primes. Fred had plays like that. But if Dre Greenlaw is going to be a Pro Bowl level player, you can't really play like that. So you basically just, we're going to need to come downhill at you and block you with our offensive linemen. Because when you throw wheel routes, you're ultimately leaving those guys unblocked and going one-on-one situations which did not work, right? It just didn't. And I, I think that's a huge key for them against most teams is he becomes a chess piece for them. And I think they thought they could get on the edges more than no one thinks they're going to run it down the 49ers throw because those guys are sitting between the tackle boxes, right? And they're going to make, like Bowman and Willis, you're going to look up if you're going to run it on them. And, and Bowman and Willis played in a much more run-heavy league. You'd look up. One guy had 16 tackles, the other guy had 14. Well, there's only... 58 snaps. So, I mean, they're, they're making 75% of well, the Well, they tackles. also made like three special teams tackles per game. Yeah, and a couple sacks. And that's what those guys did last night. It's, it's why if you are going to discredit the importance of linebackers, when you get the right ones, it, it is invaluable. Because those guys, if you just put two random linebackers with the other sweet defensive linemen and the other solid secondary, the 49ers defense wouldn't be remotely close to what it is. Because Van Der Esch made some plays, you felt it on the on the Cowboys side. Like, yeah. They had impact linebackers yeah. with Parsons and him. They they play fast. And now Van Der Esch, I, I saw on Roto World, fucked up his neck for the seventeenth time. That's a problem. It is. And the kid um, that the touchdown has a high ankle sprain. I mean, yep. the Niners destroyed them physically. Well, I think I got to pull it up. I think Dallas, between their injuries, the fact that they're still trying to learn a new offense and their schedule is really tough uh chargers on monday night rams eagles uh, giants panthers commanders seahawks eagles well i mean they they got to go to the bills they got to go to the dolphins it is tough listen to this they go to the chargers next week they play the cowboy cowboy home game yeah uh and they'll probably win the game they still got to play the Eagles twice. They got to play at Miami and at Buffalo. They have a listen to this stretch: Seattle, 
Philly, at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit. That's for Dallas. Dallas, you said yesterday 12 or 13 wins. Are we sure? Charger game's important. For they might have been broken. You know, we'll find out. Like, did they get broken yesterday? Um, Aaron Banks, it sounds like, is just a shoulder sprain. That's good news. I would have said, you know, after that touchdown, they threw it a nine. Maybe Isaiah Oliver's a weakness, but he was in a tough spot against a fast player. The thing with Isaiah Oliver, if you're looking for weaknesses, he's been beat a few times. He does show up and make plays. He hasn't had a game yet where he gets beat. You're like, God, he's a weakness, and then he keeps getting beat, right? He's been beat, but he's also stepped up and made plays. And on this team, like, your number one quality, I think, has to be, are you a good tackler? And he's been a pretty good tackler for them. So he's not as good as Mooney Ward, obviously, but I I tried to rewatch that play. I would imagine they they started, you know, Isaiah Oliver's lining up in the slot, and they basically ran a go route, you know, to the corner of the end zone. That is a play that you're going to try to take advantage against most teams. A slot corner. That's not. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I don't really know what you can do about that. How many slot corners are going to stride for stride like Deion or Revis? I mean, even if your defense. This is why when you see some of these stats from the Ravens defense the of 2000, the Steelers defense in 2010, the 85 Bears, some of the great defenses, they just didn't give up any touchdowns. Most good defense in the modern era, you're going to give up a touchdown here and there, whatever. Remember a couple yeah, years agree. ago when they made the NFC Championship game at 10, at 10 wins, their secondary was, I mean, an all-time weakness. It's honestly crazy they made it as far as they did with their secondary. Uh, yeah, it was a mess. You see, Mosley got hurt by the way this weekend. ACL, awful. Um, it was. We were talking about this. Was it the? He, so he was, returned off an ACL and then tore his ACL yeah. in the first game back. Yeah. We were talking about this. In, was it the Arizona game? Right, where it's like ah, I don't know. They didn't put him away right away in the second half, and then you look up. It's let's think about this. One touchdown per half is pretty good for a defense, right? So. Yeah. A um, uh, couple other things. Oh, here we go, John. This I saw. This appeared in my timeline. I don't know. I don't. You know, I, I I've actually spent more time on Twitter on the on the the list that I don't follow than the list that I do follow because I just see new stuff. I'm tired of the people I follow. Uh, for you? Yeah, for you. Per the Twitter account Juice TD Tracker at Usecheck Fan. Now, this is not some, like, podunk. This is 5,000-plus followers on Juice TD Tracker, parentheses one. Uh, I missed this, but I think it came from the 49ers podcast that they do at NBC Sports Bay Area, Jennifer Lee Chan. said Niners told her off the record that players believe McCaffrey is being targeted. Two fines were levied against Cardinal players last week for head hits against McCaffrey, totaling $35,000. Um Shanahan, let me pull this back up, was asked about it on Monday. And uh, I'll get you that. Why don't you react to that while I pull up with Kyle? Here we go. Kyle said opponents are not Lombardi tweeted this. David Lombardi aren't intentionally grabbing his face mask, but did say they're desperate to get him down. Sometimes when they do that, they get penalties for it. Sitting on my couch, eating some snacks. It, it hasn't felt egregious in terms of their... I guess defense defenders doing nefarious, shady, over the top, violent version of 2023. Mm-hmm. But if the players feel that, uh, 
is that him saying that or is that guys seeing things on tape? I, I obviously we don't have much context beside that tweet. Uh, you feel how you feel. I, I, I do think part of the sport of football in baseball, for example, back in the day, if you hit two home runs in the first and the fourth inning off me and I'm still in the game, I might hit you in the shoulder, right? You're just not going to keep hitting home runs off me. In football, if you were just eviscerating everybody, people are going to draw. It gets back to the Travis Hunter Dion thing. It, this guy's the best player ever, and then you start talking shit. And I know McCaffrey's not saying anything, but you, you know what I mean. It's the sport of football. You just in basketball, it's like this guy's just dunking three straight times. Eventually, back with the f- sport we grew up on, you're going to get arm checked in the middle of the air. And I, I still think in football, because you are tackling. How do you think these defensive coaches talk to their players? How do you think the the defensive leaders, Fred Warner, openly talks about the way that he starts a game during the Star Spangled Banner is he he picks the quarterback, and if the quarterback refuses to look at him, he'll pick another guy on offense and just refuse to move his eyes. And he thinks that he can mentally break. It's the nature of the violence of this game, even though it's not as violent clearly as it once was it's still very very violent and and any element of violence there's a line that's hard to kind of straddle so i part of having great players is people are coming for you i i saw a great quote from dan campbell i think he said this a couple weeks ago but what what it feels like to be the hunted and he said the hunted we aren't if you're hunting us we'll come out to the front porch and wait for you like we fucking we want it all We'll, we'll, we'll light a fire so you can find us. I love Dan and that's, but that's part of the nature, I think, of good teams. Right? Yeah. The Niners don't lose sleep over any defender. And eventually defenders know it. So it's like, what are you going to do? You got to do something about it. And you've seen the Cowboys, which one of the more physical defenses, and the Niners fucking ran right over them. I have noticed, and I noticed it the other night, it's it, it not necessarily that I think he gets targeted it's very clear that his flexibility is a critical part of him not getting hurt because his knees get bent back on a regular basis. To me, I see it with his lower body, not so much headshots. I mean, he got crushed on that ball over the middle. That was That's why guys don't want to catch balls over the middle because you get crushed on balls over the middle, right, even in 2023. You get hit by three guys. Um, I have noticed that he gets twisted a lot in his lower body. So I, I haven't noticed it on headshots. That's I would like if I, I – that's where I would want to have the conversation. Like, does he feel like he's getting twisted in a pile, that type of thing? But to your point, he is such – not just an effective runner, a dominant physical runner. What what you have to be ready for if you're going to try and tackle him is in, it's fucking war. Like – you have to be ready to battle with him at the point. You just So when these guys pump themselves up, I was watching, as you were, the Arizona-USC game the other night. I don't remember if you remember the play. But one of Arizona's linebackers' helmets came flying off. Justin Flo, the guy that transferred from Oregon, he wears like the neck roll. His helmet comes flying off, and he goes to the sideline, and they've got the camera on him. And you would have thought he was – he was – like you could without his helmet on, you could see his face. And he was just like – a dude out of the movie, the program, right? Just his blood was at what our, whatever speed our blood flies at, well, we're sitting on the couch. His blood was going seven times as fast and at 15 more degrees hotter. Um, 
And I think that's probably part of it. Like, if you're going to try and tackle this guy who embarrasses everybody almost that tries to tackle him, then you have to do everything you possibly can to get him all the way to the ground. And then when you got him on the ground, make sure he's on the ground because he rolled over somebody for a touchdown the other day. Rolled over, got a fumble last night. Um, I was talking part of part part of being a great player is back to the Dan Campbell thing. You're, you're not, I wouldn't necessarily say the hunted, but you are the guy when you show up to the game plan meeting Wednesday morning and you go offense defense after the head coach, it it changes by the team. You know, Andy's brief he says a couple things. You break Belichick's notorious for doing longer team meetings and then you break. I, I don't exactly know you know, Kyle style, but eventually you break offense, defense and the defensive coordinator we've seen in hard knocks hits a couple guys, right? This is, we got to stop Travis Kelsey who I would imagine in some order, I think it's fair to say so far this year, it starts with McCaffrey and Debo might be one B, but it's, we got to shut down McCaffrey. Kittle's. This is why he has a chance to just have a ten touchdown season. He's never going to be one or two, because the other two guys are so much more versatile in terms of keeping an eye on them, where they can line up. Ultimately, Kittle is just doing all of his work from the tight end position. At any moment, Debo McCaffrey can be lined up at wide receiver. They can be lined up in the backfield. They both can be in the backfield. They just they give the defense nightmares so you circle them and you say how are we going to take them out not take them out because i saw did you see the uh the controversy from chris sims about the uh tush push no he hates the play he just said that in his experience he's the only way to stop it is eventually kill the quarterback and i think i saw this freak out on it's like how do you think football people talk they, they don't mean kill the guy they mean eventually you got to hit him. And Jason Kelsey's always said the great advantage on that play is not necessarily that us cheating. Our quarterback literally squats 600 pounds. He squats like linemen do. It's his power. It would not be the same power if you just put Brock Purdy, right? He's right. not nearly as strong as I, I bet, you know, who's going to be probably pretty good at it would be Caleb. <laughs> it's just his lower body strength, yeah. yep. right? And I, I think when he says kill, you have to do something. And those words are being spoken in the realm of defensive people. So this week, they're playing Jim Schwartz, a madman, with really good defensive players. If we had a microphone in the defensive meeting, they're on a bye, so I saw they practiced today. Deshaun did not practice. And we we got to hear just their initial kind of... I would bet they did a cliff note version when they went offense-defense. If that audio got out... People would be calling for him to be fired. I he bet. did once, and the guy got suspended. Greg Williams. The one time audio got out like that. Yeah, and he, he was, and I, I bet he took. He's just the a normal defense. Yeah. Hi, I, I would say he's on the crazier end. Okay, crazier end. But um, I bet Jim Schwartz is pretty crazy. Do you agree that if I just had the audio from his meeting today with the defensive unit, the majority of media members with blue checks would be like, "He's got to go. He's got to be fired." Uh I agree. It would it would wake people up. Yes, to the physicality. I mean, I think I bet he would say things that would make uncomfortable is the wrong way to put. It. It'd be a lot of people saying this cannot be tolerated. I think that there. Are, 
I, I, I'll tell you specifically what he's saying in the meeting, because this is what I would be saying is, guys, we're watching the tape. Nobody has hit Brock Purdy repeatedly yet. Look at this guy. Miles, you're twice his size. You really think he can get hit by you seven times today? Miles, I think it's doubtful or questionable for the game, but um, right? Like, I to me, the whole thing would be, here's the deal. There's 11 of us. There's 11 of them. The problem is one of their 11 is Kittle. One of them's McCaffrey. One of them's Debo. One of them's Ayuk. One of them's Juice, and we don't know whether to ignore him or double team him because Kyle's going to break out a play once in a while. That's all him. But he so still he, he had he had five he had four touches yesterday. So he's a guy you have to account for. You can't just not even talk about him during the week. And he's the sixth option. So back to the thing that Bosa said, you, John, you can't you can't defend. I don't think there's not enough people. You cannot defend them. They have too many guys that require a double team. So. The only thing you can do, really, I think, to affect them is you've got to make Purdy less effective. You have to have, make it so that when he throws, he's not as accurate. Because when you combine the individuals they have with the fact that Kyle gets these guys who should be double-covered wide-ass open somehow, hitting Brock is your best option. Repeat. If I remember correctly, was kill the head, the body will die, talking about Frank, not Alex? Was Frank was the not, head, Frank Gore? I, I thought it was yeah. I didn't think it was about Alex. I think it was Frank Gore. Did he say something about Vernon too? Called him a pussy and Crabtree yanked that knee or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I think kill the kill the head the body will die. I think they viewed Frank because if you think about it the Alex Smith days Frank was the head of the snake. It all started with the run game with Harbaugh. I think if you went kill the head the body will die mindset playing this team. It would be starting. You can't just let Purdy be comfortable back there because if he is, we'll lose. You, we start rattling him. Well, we'll sack the box. They will. We'll go all out to stop the run, but we're going to hit this quarterback. Yeah, pepper him. Yeah. Well, you know, to your point, I think one thing that should be a story this week. This is kind of a Shanahan Nathaniel Hackett game. The Browns, where Kyle once was. The last time the Niners went to Cleveland, I said kind of. The last time the Niners he went He quit on them. Didn't just quit. I, I forgot about it. He presented Mike Pettin a 32-point presentation of all the reasons they should let him out of their contract, out of his contract. So maybe he loves them. They let him out of it. They didn't ask for any compensation. 32-point presentation. He had two years left on his deal, and he quit. He quit. Dante Whitner was like, I hated Johnny Manziel as our quarterback because I knew it was costing me money. I was expensive. When teams are bad, expensive guys get cut. I got cut because of Johnny. Johnny Manziel, second most prolific passing game of his career was when Kyle Shanahan and Mike Pettin put up 270 passing yards against Jim Tom Sula's 49ers the last time the 49ers were in Cleveland. You, Is that what Mike Pettin? Mike Pettin said, "You think you think we got issues? <laughs> Look across the hallway." That's right. He's like, "Their building's on fire." Remember, Pettin said that. Yeah, they're yeah. the one. They're you. Are you guys are saying our building's on fire? Look at them. Did you ever watch the Johnny Netflix show? I did. Uh, don't you think? Obviously, Kyle knew his commitment level to football and knew that it would ruin his career. Yeah, so he had to get the hell out of there. Yes. He said, listen, guys, you don't have to pay me a penny. Just rip that thing up and I'll go my separate ways. You don't owe me anything. 
Would he? Be, I would have guessed he'd been willing to pay them back to leave. Yeah. When does that? Ha- when does that happen? Never. Ever. Um, then I guess that was fourteen, and then he immediately goes to goes Atlanta. To Atlanta. The crazy thing is Johnny had thrown for like three forty two weeks before against the Steelers in a loss. Johnny two base best games in those two weeks. Um, I do. I do wonder. He missed a couple. It was actually over the course of four weeks, but. I would love to have just a cocktail with Kyle and be like, what was the difference of one week sitting with Johnny and then a couple of months later talking with Matt Ryan football? What did that feel like as a, as a football guy? It had to be, I got thrown a football lifeline because that thing would have torpedoed me. Because let's face it, he would have, it would have really been a dark cloud. Clearly years later, it would not have been his fault at all after watching the way Don, Johnny operated, but it would not have been good. I just want to know, what his presentation was 32 point presentation 32 reasons he presented to the browns and like the legal teams got like everyone you know everyone had to, the lawyers had to get involved um it's an underrated Kyle story that never really gets talked about it doesn't i i went cuz i i went back today and found an old story about it it's not like maybe it'll get written about this week or something but saved his own career i would i would i would guess it does in cleveland right this is the first time he's played the Browns as the 49er head coach? No, they probably played him several years ago, huh? Um, no, I don't think they've been to Cleveland since. They haven't been to Cleveland, but they would have played the Browns at some time oh. over his seven years with the 49ers because they would have played that division, I would guess. Yeah, you would think. I can go look, but... It doesn't matter, but I, I would... I, I wonder if it's not as big a story right now, at least for this given week, given that the Browns you know, view themselves like they're a real football team. So their stories are really revolve more about playing a top team, trying to make the playoffs. I think, you know, this is, we're recording this on, on Monday. If you're listening, I mean, Deshaun did not practice today. Now it's hard sometimes. I mean, sure. Various ward misses a day or two every single week and it's completely fine come game day. So who knows, but this guy did just miss a game on a bye week. I would say it's something definitely to monitor. I don't think it's 100% locked that he plays Sunday if he's missing a practice after a bye week, especially coming off a week that he didn't play the game either. So that's, I didn't play Sunday, had all week to do whatever you do to rehab the shoulder, and then I can't do a light practice. I, I would imagine their practice today wasn't crazy intense, given that they were off four-day you know, break. Uh, weather? Is it raining there today? I think it's, ba- I think it's bad weather. I, yeah, I think... If they practice outside, I think Deshaun practiced inside or something. What do you mean? Well, like he he participated, but not in the way that you would participate if you're practicing with the team. So whatever you would do on the side maybe actually was done indoors. Gotcha, because the media is only allowed so much. So when they went out there, he wasn't there. It doesn't mean he did nothing. doesn't mean he did nothing, but you know, not practicing. I mean, I went back. We'll talk about it later in the week, but I went back and looked last week. DTR's time to throw was over three and a half. It was almost, I think, 3.3 seconds in that game a couple weeks ago against the Ravens, which, you know, first first start, very different than the preseason, different animal. Um, but the Ravens turned 20% of their pressures into sacks. One out of every five pressures was a sack. They sacked him four times. For an athletic guy, that's a lot of sacks. Uh, or even for an athlete, that's a lot of sacks. I, I, I just typed in Deshaun Watson to Google. 
and it takes me to the Browns website. Watson was not at the practice on the field during open period on Monday, so Dorian Thompson-Robinson and P.J. Walker handled the reps. Watson worked inside the facility. It's so weird how the teams report stuff. It's just just a bizarre world we live in. Well, they realize there's a lot of clicks out there they're letting go, just like YouTube views. Stefanski, he's doing everything in his power, worked around the clock, so he's just doing what he's being told in terms of the rehab. I mean, you would imagine massages, shoulder. 100%. Well, the Browns have a guy. They hired a man. Right. <laughs> just your face was, was funny. What else are you going to do? You got to do it. Well, yeah, it's the only way to improve flexibility, the pain, the the muscle, whatever it's called, the buildup. Oh, it was the Bosa versus Baker game. Revenge game. Baker planted the flag. I don't even remember that. I, I remember him planting the flag against Ohio State, but I don't remember Bosa. Right? Is that correct? Kind of, yeah. He said it. They, they definitely played the AFC North the Super Bowl year because, remember, they lost to the Ravens in the in the rainy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would have played Pittsburgh as well. Don't remember that game as well. Definitely don't remember the Bengal game. I feel like they played the Bengals recently. No, the Bengal game was the Iuke scored walk-off. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Raiders-Bengal game. But I don't think Ayuk would have been on the team then. No, am I am I am I squishing together? No, the, the, they they definitely played the Bengal game. But remember, the seventeenth game was an AFC NFC game mm-hmm. that was just an added game, and their added game was the Bengals. That I the NFC that hosted, or the AFC? No, the hosted. the the AFC hosted. That was the that was the random extra game, and uh, he walked them off. Yeah. I, I was at the Browns game. Yeah, I, I was. Someone just... I, I was at the Browns game. Actually, I remember that vividly now. Because you said that... Uh, you said that Dickinson was saying that the Levi Stadium was just on edge going into the game last night. I don't remember the game being quite on edge. I went with Brian Hawkins, actually, to the game. The opening play of the game... I'm pretty sure it was Mozart. Could have been Breda. Breda took it ninety to the house. Took it ninety to the or eighty to the house on like a counter run. The place went fucking nuts. I'm pretty sure either the next drive or within two drives, Sherman picks off Baker. They blew him out. It was Monday Night Football. It was the place in the first half was going berserk. A lot of Browns fans there too, because they were supposed to be good with Baker. Niners beat the shit out of them. I love that some per- somebody in the chat, Austin, was like, John, you were at the game. <laughs> How did he know? Maybe he saw me. I don't know. Uh, 31 to 31 to 3, final score. Oh, overtime? Monday Night Football. It was 21 3 at half and 28 3 going into the fourth. It, I mean, it was. Blow more teams out than feels like that are not blow a decent like, amount of in big games. I feel like they blow out a lot. Chiefs blow out a lot of teams, but well, one thing they do, the Chiefs didn't just score, beat you forty to twenty, and really you get a late touchdown to make the twenty. The 49ers, when they blow you out, get three turnovers. You know, they get multiple picks and maybe a fumble six. 
I mean, guy, yesterday. Well, the Packer game the fu- was the one that comes to mind at home. How about the fumble last night that stayed in bounds and didn't touch anybody? That that has to be one of the craziest bounces in the history of the league. A sign that they're just meant to be, maybe? Even I saw a Cowboys fan say, what's the likelihood that the guy running full speed to the corner gets the ball punched out? They all are touching out of bounds, yet somehow the ball not only doesn't deflect that way, it does a spin, avoids everyone else, and then he's able to grab it as he's going out of bounds, but his elbow barely hits. Yeah, as he's flopping on it. I know. I thought for That's sure. one of the most unlikely fumble recoveries in the history of the league. I agree. I thought for sure it was no way he got control immediately before rolling out of bounds and no way that didn't hit anybody. And then you watched it in super slow-mo. And you're like, oh, my God. That was, it happened. Um, Eric gave five bucks to drop. What's the assessment of Caleb Williams? Dude was all over the place. Draft scout. I would say that if – I think sometimes hype – can just be really strong by people that talk about football. I was telling Colin, I get a lot of texts. You know, he's the number one Caleb, like, acting. You know, he's the next superstar. And you can't just walk into a draft meeting and just say that. You have to back it up. Yeah. Right? You can't just say, well, everyone thinks universally he can't miss. We got to take him. And I actually think this year, for the first time in his career, I feel like their team's worse than last year in a weird way. I feel like the eye test... Um, I'll tell you, so they're tackling better. It doesn't feel like their defense is better. Jordan Addison's gone. Um, and with their star returner, Zachariah Branch, out for now two games in a row, he's their most explosive offensive player outside of Caleb. So they don't, to me, what's weird about SC is athletically on offense, they got good players. Taj Washington, like they got good players. They don't just like Hollywood Brown. Like they don't have that guy when Zachariah yeah. Branch is on CD Lamb, like, Shimaji yeah, P. Ryan, Joe Mixon. That's what's weird about them. Like they don't jump off the screen like a superpower offense, even though they are the right now Washington, SC, and Oregon, one, two, three in yards per play in the nation. Um, so they are that offense because of Caleb. I mean, they would have lost Arizona but, by two touchdowns without Caleb. But, but relative to Lincoln Riley's, you know, Baker Mayfield played on a team, I think, with CeeDee Lamb, Joe Mixon, P. Ryan, Mark Andrews, D.D. Westbrook. I mean, NFL guys five deep at every position who they, they were incredible. This team is not that. But I think you learn more about Caleb in some of these tighter games because coming into the season, you're like, oh, they're just going to treat the majority of their opponents by Stanford like Stanford right, be up 49-3 at half and play in two tight games throughout the season. So what are you really going to learn about the guy? It's going to be really easy. It's kind of right. been the opposite. Right. I actually think you learned a lot about him the other night of, God, this guy's got some mental fortitude. Got to be exhausted from carrying the fucking franchise on his back. I've become more impressed over the stretch this season. Not that I wasn't impressed before. He's clearly a freak talent. But just watching the guy play that – most people coming into the season would be, you know, USC is a top five-ish team. They're going to blow out a ton of people. It's going to be very easy for them. How are you really going to evaluate when he's beating the shit out of everybody? That's not the case here. Right. It's not, so it's not just the, the remarkable plays are coming in big moments. That play that the kid dropped where he kind of went Mahomes, where he scrambled, turned, was just like, how, what? He, he has been... I think the best compliment I could give him is just like a big time winning football player. Because we obviously know about the, all the physical attributes, but he is just, without him, they would be fucked. Honestly, if they just had a run of the mill quarterback, like a, a fourth round guy, 
Yeah. They'd be in trouble. They'd, be in trouble. they'd have they'd have no chance to compete to win the Pac-12. I think you know Drake May every week. It's like, oh, this guy's really good, and he is. And everyone says he's one, you know, one A, one B. They're good. I, I watch some of them. North Carolina's pretty good. He's I think if, the best if, player. But. If you have to have the conversation, let's, guys, let's just have the conversation. But if you were to draft Drake May over Caleb Williams, that'd be pretty risky. Given I wouldn't do it. I would take Caleb Williams. I know he's shorter, much shorter, but he's just he is manufacturing everything. He is doing everything for them. I would say Caleb, as a prospect, is somewhere probably in the middle. He's a better prospect, in my opinion, than Trevor Lawrence. You know, Andrew Luck was 6'5", 240, could run. I, I, I think he's the, the best prospect the last 20 years. Do you agree with that? Andrew is? If, if, if Andrew Luck at 22 and Caleb Williams at 22 are in the same draft, I would take Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah, I think he's. I think Luck would be ahead of him. I agree with that. Because part of being a prospect is just the size, right? He's just a bigger version. Caleb has a stronger arm, but that guy with those physical attributes. Now he ended up breaking down, but so I would say he's the second best prospect of the last twenty years at the position. And there's been some, you know, Stafford was a big time prospect, Cam Newton freak show, but I do think that Drake may. So if you look at Luck's draft, it was Luck and RG three was a big time prospect kind of like a poor man's version of Michael Vick, who's an all-time great prospect as well. I think the Caleb Drake may the one, two combination is about as good as it gets. Like that's, that's a pretty fantastic one, two. And I see some people go, you know, if the bears get the number two pick, I see under no circumstances that it doesn't go Caleb Drake. Cause even if you do take Caleb one and you have the second pick, you can get so much for that. Even if it's two to four, you get an mm-hmm. extra one you trade that pick, right? Yep. Yep. As opposed to taking the best non-quarterback you're saying it to. Yeah, like you could go Caleb Marvin Harrison or Caleb the best left tackle or whatever. You're better off just going, well, Drake's going to push one of those two players to 3 4 5 and then I get an extra first and maybe 2 3. You just you can't pass up the value of trading the quarterback. And honestly, whatever you think you get, as we've learned, you get more. Take 2, just take them both. Greatest quarterback room in the history of the sport. I, I think uh, when the Browns college were doing program their tank- would do it because we got two five when, stars to make them battle it out. The Browns when they were doing their tankathon, I think had the conversation. Remember, it was they took Baker Mayfield and Ward the corner from Ohio State. Someone's like, "Why don't you just take the two quarterbacks and just let the cream rise?" <laughs> yeah, as we've seen with Trey Lance, it gets weird quick. <laughs> I mean, maybe their stock would go up. You'd get more for them. The key would be they're both viewed as good players. Because the moment one guy's viewed as shitty, his value plummets. That's the guy you keep. You trade the other guy. It's all about just extending draft value. Yeah. All right. Anything else? How's Clayton Kershaw not make it out of the first inning? feel bad I honestly I root for him but um is, it, is this over I mean he's probably career over after this year is it I don't know I haven't followed closely enough I kind of felt that way two years ago so I don't know how do you shake that <laughs> you don't <laughs> you don't man you just don't they clearly is there starting pitching because one guy got arrested for domestic 
uh, violence. I mean, they got some issues, right? They're, they're not yeah, exactly they do. set up to. No. Are they just always just in, out, in, out? 98 wins, out. 100 wins, out. <laughs> How can you do this? I even feel like the Atlanta Braves of our youth were were much more reliable. They didn't win it always, but you just felt better about them. I have no faith. If you told me the Diamondbacks sweep the Braves, I'll believe you. Diamondbacks look like a football team when I watch them. That's a whole problem for Farhan is they got a lot of talent. Division's good. You see Bob came coming back. I I know. Did Bob say did Bob confirm that? So you just think they're saying it to say it? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Because I, I don't think has Bob said anything since they said he's coming back like four days ago? I haven't seen any quotes, no. I just saw the the Preller guy said that I love him. We'll work together. Disagreement's healthy, and we'll, we're looking forward to continuing this rodeo in 24. Bob's preparing his 32-point presentation right now, his Shanahan presentation. Please let me go. I saw what's-his-name from Billions fired everybody. Dude's resigning, quitting, fired. I mean, just, about the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime you get like three resignations and a firing, you're like, God, there's some weird shit going on there. The big, rich... <laughs> Super successful new new sports owner cycle. It's the same every time. It's the same every time. It's crazy. Do you resign? Because clearly you wouldn't resign if you're owed money. If you know you're going to get fired, does if he you know just say that so he doesn't? Does he just doesn't look like he's firing everybody? He's going to listen. I'll pay you off, but I'll say resign because I don't want to act like I'm firing everybody. You talking about the negative. Mets or the or Padres? Yeah, like wh- why why do the Mets feel like everyone's resigning? Oh, good question. Because if oh, you're job. if you're Cohen, you don't want to feel like I'm well. Just they they did get a new George GM. Steinbrenner. They they hired new GM, right? So yes. Um, we had or like Buck Showalter. I'm, I thought he resigned, not fired. Well, Buck doesn't ever want to get fired. I think. Yeah. Well, it's like Saban. If he doesn't want you, when's the last time Nick Saban fired anybody? Google that. Let me let me know what you tell. Do you know how many coaches have left? that haven't just become head coaches? A decent amount. He does. You better find another job because you don't have a spot. I remember Tosh. And then Jimmy, Sexton, like then the Jimmy Sexton's like, no big deal, Nick. I represent that guy also. I'll place him somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I got you. He just calls Jimmy like, I'm firing the guy. Jimmy says, I'll get him a job. He's the new run game coordinator. Yeah, at Florida for a race. <laughs> yeah, or I got him an NFL job. I think he gets guys an NFL job. All right. On that note, thanks for hanging, everybody. If you're watching the video, like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to the podcast, five-star review and share it with somebody you love or one of your enemies. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.